If you look around, you'll see the world can be pretty smart. Okay, very smart. At Capella University, we think education should be smart too. That's why we're reshaping online learning with our FlexPath format. You can set your own deadlines, take classes at your own pace, even leverage your previous experience to move faster. So when it comes to earning your bachelor's degree, you know what kind of choice to make. A smart one. Visit capella.edu to learn more. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. Welcome, it's time for our Christmas episode here on the Inside Line Formula 1 podcast. Merry Christmas guys and we will wish you a happy new year in the next episode because that's going to be between Christmas and New Year's. But have a lovely festive time ahead, it's time for a break so make sure you guys get one. Merry Christmas guys and Kunal, Kunal where is my Christmas gift? Well, I have informed Santa Claus that you've been a great host in 2019 so now it's up to him to give you a gift. Convenient. And even if Santa doesn't take my word, you know, maybe he'll make his own judgment. Because the last I checked, we've got a lot of listens coming in from the Arctic Circle. So there's a damn good chance that Santa's heard you in action on our podcast. Thank God for that. Kunal, do you not want to know what your Christmas gift is? You know, ask me, what's my Christmas gift? No, like, I no. don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to know what your Christmas gift is? No, I, I don't know. I mean, see, I, I know. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> well, see, you love Kimi Raikkonen, but you cannot handle a Kimi Raikkonen type of an answer. Oh my God, come on, Kunal. Only Kimi Raikkonen can do a Kimi Raikkonen kind of answer, but... Nice try. Yeah, I mean, the least we can do is try and be like the Iceman. It's damn tough in and out of the car, but I try. So basically, you're not getting a Christmas gift. Now, this is on audio. This is this is done. This is proof. Yes. Okay, anyway, so we are going to discuss a lot of things, guys, on this episode. We're going to talk about how Red Bull Racing, uh, they're ahead of their schedule with the 2020 car as our Ferrari. By, by now, you guys already know that Ferrari and Alpha Tauri have confirmed their dates uh, for launching their car, I don't remember Ferraris. Actually, no, wait, it's 11th of February, while Alpha Tauri is 14th of February. So thank you to Formula One for making it a fantastic Valentine's Day for in 2020 for all <laughs> of us anyway. But uh, since we are on Ferrari, you know, they're literally throwing every penny they can to win the title next year. They actually have a blockbuster budget, I'm told, and we will spend some minutes talking about Ferrari. I'm going to do a What Chase Carey Said This Week section, uh, because he's been making some pretty interesting comments. And uh, in fact, I'd like to focus on Formula One, you know, just about the sport and the business and tell you guys how and what Formula One has in store to keep us all engaged and hooked to the sport till the Australian Grand Prix next year. Finally, Max Verstappen said that 60% of today's grid could win a world championship in the Mercedes. Basically, guys, we're going to guess who didn't make the cut. So who are those 40% who cannot win a world championship even in a Mercedes? Yes, and this is actually our feature story of this week. I think Mithila and I both have written some names and she doesn't know mine, I don't know her. So I'm interestingly looking forward to <laughs> debating that list. But uh, guys, remember to subscribe to us on iTunes, Audioboom, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox. You know where to find us for your weekly dose of Formula One humor. 
Okay, great. Kunal, let's talk about Ferrari. Uh, so they're already making noise about 2020. They've talked about spending enough money to focus on 2020 and 2021. Uh, and they've also been given uh, an indirect uh, they've given an indirect public deadline to Sebastian Vettel uh, so Matteo Binotto said that they're going to make up their mind regarding the 2020 lineup by May next year so i'm guessing zandvoort or spain or maybe even before yeah i know what you meant you meant 2021 lineup but this is what happens when we record in excitement we sometimes <laughs> just state the wrong years but i know you guys still love us because of our natural selves on the podcast but You know, Ferrari are reportedly working on three different chassis types to test in the pre-season, and their car will reportedly have more drag, more downforce, and I'm just adding this more top speed as well. Because you know, uh, guess what happens when Ferrari has the quickest car? They Tell also us. they also have more controversies. Because hey, when Ferrari goes quickest, it's unfortunately assumed that they're definitely doing something wrong. And unfortunately, I think the keyword in all these Ferrari stories is reportedly, and uh, I don't think I need to tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> But Ferrari realized that they actually need to, you know, sort of deliver the right tools because uh, they have the best driver lineup that any team could ask for in Formula One right now. They have two alpha male drivers literally gunning at each other, pushing the team forward, and you know capable of winning a world championship right and uh, i'm sure you guys also heard that sebastian vettel has actually tried the vegan diet for six about odd weeks or something he's actually trying all he can to sort of harness the same sort of energies and moods and concentration as lewis hamilton or maybe he's been watching the netflix show game changers we haven't seen it yet kunal we and should watch it sometime. yeah and he actually wants to change his game so he's probably oh, yeah. taken that too seriously <laughs> but you know he's sebastian vettel do you guys think he actually knows that netflix exists I don't know. Ah, uh, that's hard. <laughs> But anyway, you know, talking about Sebastian Vettel, uh, there have been all these judgments regarding him from Helmut Marko and Bernie Ecclestone. Uh, Marko said that Sebastian Vettel is very, you know, straight, straight talking and very candid, and he's struggling with all the politics at play at Ferrari. And you know, in fact, Helmut Marko said that Vettel is no longer the top three drivers in Formula One. And I think it's a very fair and honest judgment of where Sebastian Vettel currently lies in the pecking order. And Ecclestone also said something very interesting. And as we all know, he's a very good friend of Vettel. Uh, he isn't sure if Vettel would like to extend his stay in Formula One post 2020. You know, for me, it's actually a little too early to see Sebastian Vettel go. I think he's got a lot of rewriting to do, if I may use that word. You know, for you know, for his talent and for his caliber in Formula One. I really wish that he stays and sort of proves that what we actually have seen of Sebastian Vettel in the last few seasons is actually only his shadow and that his former self exists in the world of Formula 1 but you know uh, if Vettel goes I think there will be interesting times for the silly season in 2021 already i that think that would you know. be very exciting and, and as early as may you know if ferrari decides one way or the other if or if vettel decides to go because i'm actually told that liberty media is scouting a seat for fernando alonso and they're actually doing or finally doing what bernie ecclestone did all along try and retain like the best talent but unfortunately uh, helmut marco and matteo benotto they've both publicly declined interest in alonso and as we know mclaren doesn't have space for alonso and at the moment i think the only team that make 
could have had space for him is Williams, but that seat is also gone to Nicolas <laughs> Latifi. Sorry, with all due respect to Fernando, I know he doesn't deserve even the W of Williams, but you know what Liberty Media should do? They should do for Fernando Alonso what they're trying to do for Miami. Basically, make an exception, right? So for Miami, Liberty Media has waived off the hosting fee and instead they are reportedly you know, looking to enter into a profit-sharing agreement with the organizers. Right. And for Alonso, maybe they should do just that with one of the top teams, you know, field an extra car, you know, you know, foot the bill to run that team and uh, maybe become a Ferrari or a Mercedes customer team and literally just buy the package off. Now, guys, I know that's against the rules, but I guess that would be the only way to get Fernando Alonso back in Formula One since None of the other top teams want him. Ouch. That sounds very painful. Uh, anyway, Kuna, let's talk about Red Bull Racing and Max Verstappen. Uh, so, Helmut Marko claims that Red Bull Racing, they're 14 days ahead of schedule for the 2020 car. So, basically, they're going to race the Bahrain spec car in Australia. <laughs> Only true. you could have thought of something like that. <laughs> and I've also noticed how Helmut Marko is absolutely like... Uh, obsessed with driving Red Bull Racing's World Championship agenda uh, forward because he seems to be mentioning it at every damn opportunity. But, you know, there is some discrepancy in what Marco has been saying, though. So he's right now said that Red Bull Racing is targeting five wins again in 2020. And with those five wins, they're also targeting the World Championship, right? So I looked up the history books because I was a little curious, you know. Uh, because we are in an era where Mercedes and Lewis Hamilton are winning like 15 races through the year and then winning a world championship and so on, right? So I thought, let me check when last was a driver a world champion by only winning five races in the season. And surprisingly, it was way back in 2011 when Sebastian Vettel was racing with Red Bull Racing and he actually won just five races that season. Right. Mm -hmm. But of course, uh, back then were just 20 races in 2020. We have 22 races, you know. So irrespective of all the permutations and combinations, if Helmut Marco's predictions come true, we're going to have an intensely tough battle and a fight for the championship next season. And that to me is always a good sign. That's a bloody good sign. And Kunal, let me tell you what else I'm interested in. So Max Verstappen made this comment that 60% of the grid could win a world championship in the Mercedes. He's actually been having a go at Hamilton time and again, you know, about how easy it is for him. So Yeah, and I found it very interesting that he was so specific. 60% of the grid. Not 50, not Ah. not 70. And uh, that also then got me thinking... Uh, who are those 40% of the drivers uh, who cannot win a world championship even in a goddamn Mercedes? So, Kunal, let's do this. Let's make a list. Who do you think is not making the cut on Max Verstappen's list? You know, it's going to be very cruel to build this list as I literally open my names of the notes. I mean, or rather the notes with the names I've written, right? Do you want to call the list something? No. (laughs) The worst of the grid. No, the the, the drivers who couldn't be world champion in a Mercedes. Fine, let's call it that, right? But some quick math. So there are 20 drivers on the grid. So that means that 60% would mean 12 drivers can win the world championship. That's what Max Verstappen has claimed. So we now have to name eight drivers who cannot win the World Championship in the Mercedes. Now, it's a tough list when you come to think of it. So I'm going to just tell you to go first. Convenient. And I'm going to go with (laughs) Ladies first. Lance Stroll. Okay. Yeah. You've actually picked the easiest of the lot. 
but it's going to be damn tough to argue with you out there and i remember a lot of you have written back to us saying you know the 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 name for racing points episode in the netflix uh, f1 show drive to survive season 2 well, we've recommended it to be um, you know rich dad slow Look. kid and i'm glad that you guys really liked it because <laughs> i think that was our best entry it was it was definitely up there yes yeah, so second in the list for me is robert kubica sorry robert we really love you for everything that you stand for and what you've done to come back but at this moment it's the damn truth okay so uh i'm going to say that the next driver who cannot win a world championship even in uh, in a mercedes is Romain Grosjean and Kunal I say this because I think he'd find a way to spin and crash the Mercedes too and then blame it on Marcus Ericsson because <laughs> because that's what we all do and that's what everyone's been doing when they see you know accidents on the road these days that's the meme doing that's the rounds so right true. but uh, this is actually where it gets tougher i think we've literally chosen the three most obvious answers so to say but maybe that's like the q1 of the list you know <laughs> but maybe it's time to put Danny Kivat on the list because you know while i love Danny Kivat's recovery and his comeback into formula 1 the list has got to have eight drivers and i think now we've picked four okay so since we're getting really gutsy with our choices i think even sebastian vettel could be on the list come on he has been spinning and crashing way too much kunal come on really you... yeah and so what if he's a former world champion i mean he's on my list okay Okay, I'm not going to debate it. I'm probably thinking of what to say, but right now I know that I'm going to put another bold name on the list, which is actually an ab- obvious choice that we are probably missing out on, and that's Valtteri Bottas because he is actually in a Mercedes, but he's still not winning a world championship. Oh, right? that's a good one. That's right? a good one. Sorry, Petri. Uh, we know you love Valtteri Bottas, but we are literally just stating a fact. right now right so i think we've got two more to go and uh, my next on the list is going to be kevin magnussen and i know we have a lot of danish listeners and we're really sorry but you know there are times when i feel like shit no it's kevin magnussen he is supremely talented and he can actually win the world championship but again you know it's eight drivers on the list someone's got to make that cut but guys this is a really tough task so please don't hate us if your favorite driver gets onto this list some <laughs> this of our on. favorite drivers are also on the list in fact but i just want to say we're just making this list for max verstappen so <laughs> please pass over all your anger and angst yeah. at that man I mean Kunal he could have just said 80% of the drivers or something and then our life would so have been easy. so easy yeah Then you would have just picked like Stroll Kubica Grosjean and someone else Yeah you don't care <laughs> He just made it really hard for us Anyway last driver I'm going to say Nico Hulkenberg Come on Ah Kunal I know you hate me for this but he didn't even get a podium Okay that's the truth and we may not like it or I may not like it but I I get why Nico Hulkenberg has made it to the list but uh, it's okay if you guys disagree with us or even if you agree with us uh, or if you have a different list uh, feel free to share yours you can send it over through through our facebook page we are inside line f1 podcast on the facebook page okay great so uh, speaking of nico halkenberg his replacement esteban ocon uh, said that he's relieved to be joining renault and isn't disappointed about leaving mercedes and i found that interesting So when Ocon was on our podcast last year he actually said that he would rather race for the slowest team and car in Formula 1 than not race at all and I think given that he was open to racing for Williams Renault is definitely a better bet 
and Ocon is aiming for a podium in 2020. Let's hope he's not disappointed because, you know, given Renault's 2019 form, it seems like a far-fetched thought. But then again, you know, nobody would have guessed McLaren's recovery in 2019 bases their form in 2018. That's a very good point. Uh, and, you know, honestly, now we have so many exciting things about Formula One to discuss, Kunal. Formula One overall. Uh, so let's get down to it. Um, so Formula One teams are going to be banned from covering their cars and garages during winter testing. And uh, this rule has been introduced to make the sport more appealing to fans and the media. And to allow teams to easily copy each other's designs as well. Because not everyone <laughs> has not everyone has an Adrian Newey in the team, right? But I think it's a great initiative, you know, to sort of take the secrecy out of the sport. Yeah, and uh, teams are actually going to continue racing the 2019 spec tyres in 2020. I can only imagine how much time and money Pirelli would have wasted on this exercise, but okay. You know, honestly, I understand the decision, you know, because teams already know how the 2019 compounds uh, react and, you know, how they have to be set up and so on. So why go learning on new tyre behaviour in 2020? Because anyway, there's going to be different tyres in 2021, right? So I think this continuity will help Formula One overall. But there's absolutely no doubt that this is a waste of an exercise that would have cost Pirelli time, effort, energy, money, all of that. And also how such wasteful development would impact the uh, net zero carbon initiative in the future. Kunal, I'd love to know. Moving on from net zero carbon initiative, you know, I'm going to talk of the net marketing initiative that Formula One sort of has, right? <laughs> so they've got a plan uh, in place to keep us engaged and hooked to the sport in the offseason, just that they haven't actually announced the plan. But here we go. We're going to share it with you because... We know you guys are suffering from withdrawal symptoms as much as we are. Ali, we love you guys. Yeah, so <laughs> Consider this our Christmas gift to you. <laughs> no so, strings attached. Well, in December, Formula One has released a lot of videos, those season recap videos and, you know, the meme videos and especially the, the best radio messages, the animated radio messages. The, those are pretty awesome. I love yeah, watching yeah. them. And, and they're running all these polls, you know, some of them are pretty ridiculous and I don't even bother about them, but you have the best team, best driver, best action, best rookie, best race, best podcast. Thank you for voting for us, guys, Thanks, and guys. all those things. <laughs> In February, we're going to have car launches and pre-season testing, you know, followed by the races in March. And of course, you know, we are all waiting for season two of the Netflix F1 show Drive to Survive as well. So that's also part of the marketing plans. I'm wondering about January, of course, Kunal. I mean, uh, I'm wondering what they have in mind because they'll have a few podcasts and I'm sure more videos and engagement on social media. But I really love how Limbury Media is using social media to literally feed our hunger for Formula One, you know, in these trying months. Especially when you go back and think of Bernie Ecclestone and how we literally ignored social media till like a couple of seasons ago, right? And, you know, the news is already out that Lewis Hamilton got legal notices from Bernie for using social media during Bernie's days of, you know, re That's when he was, terrible. Yeah, when he was the emperor of Formula One, right? I can only imagine how Bernie Ecclestone is getting the jitters each time Formula One puts out a video from the races, you know? All that copyright footage being distributed for free. And for all of you guys who love perfumes... Uh, Formula One's launching a co-branded line of perfume soon. That's that's 
I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean, are you surprised pleasantly or are you shocked or what? <laughs> I don't know. It just seems so uncharacteristic in a way. You know, if they're expecting me to purchase a Formula One branded perfume, they better have the smell of petrol or rubber or, you know, none of the other sweet fragrance fragrances will make the cut for me. Okay, Kunal, we got the message. No perfumes for you for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> So Formula One has extended their relationship with Codemasters till 2025. This is for the official Formula One video game. And frankly, if I were Codemasters, I'd just be annoyed because given how much promotion the Formula One drivers do for FIFA, and that's actually programmed by a rival, a business rival called EA Sports. Yeah, in fact, guys, we had this blockbuster episode on our podcast where we said that FIFA is the official video game for Formula One. And you guys should go back and hear that if you all haven't, because I remember that being a pretty awesome uh, episode for us. Yeah, and we absolutely still stand by that review. You know, I'm still envious of Max Verstappen's traveling FIFA kit as we <laughs> as we all, you know, identified it. Great. And guys, it's now time for the closing notes on this week's episode. So Chase Carey's made some pretty interesting statements, uh, uh, especially against Formula E. So let's wrap it up with a what Carey said this week section. Okay, guys? Yeah, Mithila's very favorite, you know, very good in wrapping up things. Like there's a what wolf section and there's a what carry said <laughs> section. But I love it. And I, I know a lot of you guys love the what wolf section. When you said wrapping up things, I thought you were making like an underhanded like Christmas gifts joke. But okay. No anyway, <laughs> Chase Carey said that Formula E is no threat to Formula One. And it's basically a street party in comparison to Formula One. You know, at the moment, I think he's right. Because if we were to consider Formula E's current state, it isn't a threat. There's no doubt in that. It's a young series. It's still creating its own niche and audience. It has got slower cars. The format is different. But it is more fun. It has. It requires a lesser time commitment and all of that. And, you know, the sports consumption patterns are evolving with each passing generation. So if not in the present, maybe in 10 or 12 years, who knows? You know, Formula E may just challenge Formula 1's status, especially if the big manufacturers that Formula E has stay back in the series. In fact, I really like how Jean Todd explained it. He said that uh, Formula E can never match Formula 1 unless an electric car is able to race at Formula 1 speeds for, what, 300 kilometers or so. Basically, the current race distance. Well, I'll tell you one point of parity where Formula E is better. Its rules seem simpler. Way and, simpler. Yeah, and Chase Carey himself admitted that Formula 1's rules are complex and not everyone understands them completely and so on. I mean, if you ask Kimi Raikkonen, he may not know the rules completely. He you won't. Know? <laughs> He'll just say, I turn the steering left and it goes left and I turn it right and it goes right and there are two pedals and a clutch in my hand. And uh, that's probably where he's <laughs> going to end his description. Uh, and let's, in fact, Kunal, let's talk about Toto Wolf just so he doesn't feel bad that Chase Carey replaced him in our weekly section. <laughs> we have to take his feelings into account. Right? Yeah, actually, it was supposed to be the other way, or it is supposed to be the other way, where Wolf is supposed to replace Carey. But, you know, on the podcast, it's, you know, ah. Carey who's replaced Wolf. <laughs> anyway, Toto Wolf agreed with Chase Carey's view on Formula E. But uh, forget that. Did you know that uh, Toto Wolf has a performance doctor who helps him take care of himself? You know, I want a performance doctor. You're performing well on the podcast, right? Still, so, yeah, but nice. why not? Because, you know, it's it's so conflicting, right? Because on one hand, you have Max Verstappen, 
who doesn't believe in working with a sports psychologist and so on. And we've, we've spoken about that several times over, right? And then on the other hand, Mercedes have a performance doctor for their team principal who isn't even sitting in the car, who isn't even taking all the strategy decisions. I think that's incredible. I think, you know, it's, it's just testimony to how high performance every single role in a Formula One team is. Yeah, and before we sign off, so uh, this was interesting. Mercedes will pay nearly $5 million to enter the 2020 Formula One World Championship. $5 million. Yeah, I, I tweeted about it. And with great performance comes greater entry fees to Formula One. As long as they have a performance doctor, it's all good. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. We look forward to celebrating Christmas and we will see you back after Christmas with our most awaited Inside Line F1 podcast awards. Adios. Adios, guys. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.